The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Oh, what a juicy matchup for the Eagles running backs. The Detroit Lions, one of the very worst against fantasy running backs. And then the Chargers after that, they're 30th. So you've got Gainwell and Scott heading into matchups against 29th and 30th against fantasy running backs. Welcome to the show. Are we going to pick them up? How much fab are we going to spend? We'll tell you right now, who are we prioritizing? Adam Azer, Jamie Eisenberg, and Dave Richard here on Fantasy Football Today, your waiver wire edition. We'll also recap another game that was kind of hard to watch, but had a little drama in it. And that Monday night football game, 13-10 Saints. Good morning, Jamie. How's the waiver wire looking? Uh, the waiver wire is looking. Looking like that Monday night game. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Wet, sloppy, and some close calls. Yeah, but you know what? The Devontae Adams situation sucks it really does so many levels but it does give us alan lazard (laughs) 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 dave uh how are you how what's your oh yeah what are your thoughts on the waiver wire can't wait to spend all of my fab on alan lazard and maybe a a finger cross on marquez valdez scantling robert tunyon just any any packer that's going to catch passes from aaron Rodgers on thursday with Devontae adams out has a chance. Can't wait. Just excited. Bursting at the seams. I, obviously, we hope Devontae Adams is okay. Uh, he's vaccinated, pretty sure. Uh, hasn't been officially confirmed, so he should be fine. But, uh, yeah, from a football perspective, this was the early Super Bowl. I mean, this was the best game of the year. And it might still be. The, the Packers have rolled without Devontae Adams over the last couple of years Aaron Rodgers, I mean, if you're sitting there thinking, do I need to pick up Taylor Heineke or Daniel Jones or Tua in a shallower league or something, what do you guys think? Is Aaron Rodgers still a start this week in six games over the last two seasons without Adams? He scored nine points, then he scored 22, 53, 32, 30, and 37 in six-point-per-passing touchdown league. So one horrible game, one meh, and four monster games. This will be tougher competition, though. Jamie, is Aaron Rodgers still a start, or should we will be play? Should we be playing the waiver wire? He's still a start. The only guy that hasn't been uh, playing or playing well, and the only reason I, I phrase it that way is because Kirk Cousins coming off a bye. That's the only guy I would start over him that you might not consider. Okay. Um, all right. So that'll start the show with our big news, Dave. So basically, your reaction to this Devontae Adams news, who, by the way, he has not been ruled out officially yet, but it's going to be close for going to be tough for him to get back. On a Thursday, they're hoping David Bakhtiari, their left tackle, can play, but that's probably still a little unlikely. MVS may be able to play this week. It is so important, and it is part of the waiver wire as we talk about Lazard and Tunyon and 
maybe even A.J. Dillon, who's 82% rostered. What's your take on the Packers and how they get it done against the Cardinals? I think they try and get it done with the ground game, and it just makes sense. It's a short week. They've got two really good running backs. Why not lean on them a little bit more than normal? They can also lean on those guys in the passing game. But you mentioned how Rodgers is done without Devontae Adams. I think there's a part of him that kind of loves the challenge of, of trying to beat a team without his top wide receiver, and I think he's clearly stepped up for those six games, like you said. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. He's in my top 12. I agree with Jamie. He, uh, I would start Kirk Cousins ahead of him. I would start Joe Burrow ahead of him as well. But tough call between him and Matt Ryan. Do like the matchup for Matt Ryan, but I think I'll probably take the chance on Rodgers because of that track record and because I don't know if I really buy. I buy the Arizona pass rush. I don't know if I buy that secondary being great. You know what I'm saying? Like they, They're good enough to hang with Lazard and everybody there without Adams. But I, I think that there's definitely um, a little concern about just how good they are covering the pass. Well, the Cardinals have a bad run defense statistically, but they don't get tested that much. Maybe this will be the week that they are. And what we've seen in the six games that Adams has missed over the last two years is a lot of throwing to running backs. Jamal Williams had huge games. He played five games out of those six. He had a game with like something like 90 yards, and he had three games with a touchdown. So that was a big part of it for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones had some big games in the passing game. Uh, and the tight ends were involved as well. So as we move through the show, we'll talk about who we like. Is Lazard, like Lazard, Tunyon, MVS, who's the biggest priority if you're looking for someone? Lazard, by far. I mean, you know, the Cardinals uh, have done really well against tight ends, um, as you pointed out, Adam, uh, in our little chat this morning that uh, they haven't faced a lot of great ones. But, you know, Tunyon hasn't exactly put up a lot of great numbers. He's he's touchdown dependent still. And so I don't want to trust him in a tough matchup. Um, MVS is interesting because of, you know, coming back from his injury. But I think you've seen Lazard. The targets have spiked the last two weeks. He scored in two straight games. And he played in one of the two games that Adams missed last year, and he was a monster in that game against the, uh, against New Orleans. So, you know, I, I think you look at him as the best option without Adams there. And just just to put a fine point on that, Lazard, I don't know how many people have actually like watched Lazard play, but he's a he's a big receiver, very tall. And at least last week, I, I didn't notice this before, but his footwork looked a little bit better to me. He was getting wide open on out routes. Where like at the top of his route, he does like this little stutter step, and the DB fell for it every time, and he was getting out there. So those outbreaking routes were working for him. I think that that's an improvement. I think it's an improvement for him over past years. All right, and he is widely available, and he has, of course, been playing without MVS on the field at the same time uh, recently. Uh, but yeah, we don't know if Marquez Valdez Scantling is even going to come back for this game. All right, that's enough. And don't rule out Randall Cobb either in deeper leagues. I know he struggled, obviously, but he's going to get a bigger you know share now. He should. Adams okay. averages ten point three targets per game, so that's got to go somewhere. We have a Q and A live on YouTube tonight, Tuesday night at eight p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today. We also have one Thursday at two p.m. And Sunday at eleven thirty a.m. And all of our podcasts are on YouTube. So, and we have HQ videos on YouTube. If you need fantasy football content, you want to watch it instead of listen, you can do both. But if you want to watch it, go to YouTube.com/slash Fantasy Football Today. We will see you tonight, Tuesday night, eight p.m. Eastern, for one hour of waiver wire trade, whatever it is, with Heath and Chris. Okay, your top three waiver wire priorities, Dave. Why don't you kick it off? Who are you looking at this week? Well. 
I have a hard time losing weight, but I can gain well. <laughs> That's my first guy is Kenny Gainwell. We're always looking for a running back. He's more useful in the pass game. Has some long-term appeal, too. When Miles Sanders, it sounds like he's week-to-week. Maybe he's back in a couple of games. And once he's back, Gainwell could be in on that passing downs role full-time. I'm, I'm cool going after him first and foremost. Boston Scott would be right behind him. He's available in 98% of leagues he scored last week. Maybe more of a traditional running back, but I think he'll split that rushing downs work with Gainwell. Assuming that Philadelphia actually, you know, hands the running backs a lot of work. It's Detroit. You're kind of hopeful that that'll happen, but I think this is the game the Lions actually come through on. And then for me, I think it's Rashad Bateman next. It's not a case of what do you really need. It's a case of here's a receiver that has some breakout potential in the second half of the year. He's on by this week, so he can't help you. Clearly, if you need help for this week, you go in a different direction, but he's available in 51% of leagues. He looks good. Lamar's spinning it well, except for what happened last week against Cincinnati. But for the most part, he's good. And Bateman could end up being a, a real integral part of that passing game moving forward. Okay. Did you give three there? Or is that two? I did. Gainwell, I don't know what you were doing well. Gainwell, Bateman, and who? Boston Scott. Boston Scott. Okay, okay. And you, and you go Gainwell over Scott. Yes. Okay. Jamie, top three? Uh, Gainwell would be one. Alan Lazard is an easy two. And then Boston Scott would be three. Okay. It does also feel, uh, Dave kind of alluded to it, maybe more like a think long-term week. Is that fair? Uh, sure. But, I mean, again, Lazard has scored in two straight games with Adams on the field. And so you're looking at maybe him, you know, continuing to be a significant contributor for Aaron Rodgers. So, um Bateman is 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 definitely a good stash candidate, but you know he's done it the last two games without Sammy Watkins, so we have to see what you know his role is when Watkins is back on the field. Why Gainwell over Scott, Jamie? Well, I think we've seen what the Eagles do. You know they prefer to throw than run, and I know last week they got back to getting you know their running backs involved, which was kind of the game plan going in. But uh, aside from the matchup against the Lions, which should give them an opportunity to run. You just have to look, I think, what the you know the body of work tells you. And so Gainwell's going to get carries. It's not like he's not going to be involved in the run game also. So I think the passing down work uh, is, is kind of uh, locked down for him. Um, he played more snaps than Boston Scott last week. And uh, I, I think it's just, you know, especially for a team that's struggling, why would you, you know, not give him a bigger opportunity to see what he is maybe as part of your future? So uh, they're close. You know, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to, you know, maybe try and pick up both if you can, if you have the roster spots to carry them, just to see what happens. But for me, Gainwell is the is the higher ceiling play. Scott is more of the floor play. If he doesn't score, I think you're going to be you know frustrated with his his fantasy production. And he scored last week. Jamie mentioned it. Gainwell played more than Scott last week. After Miles Sanders left, it was 57 percent of the snaps for Gainwell, 41 percent for Boston Scott. Gainwell played 12 of 15 snaps on third and fourth downs. And this is the one that I think is is really what's encouraging for Gainwell. They had nine red zone snaps after Sanders got hurt. Gainwell played on five of the nine. So think of it as they're splitting. The, the value touches near inside the red zone, not necessarily at the goal line. And then it's it's all the passing work pretty much going to Gainwell. Those those three third downs that Boston Scott played, they were all third and five or closer. Okay, but a couple things. Do you think that Jordan Howard could get elevated? And maybe because I think Gainwell and Scott might both be third down backs. Uh, do you think Boston or that Jordan Howard actually could be their lead running back in this game? I mean, he could, but I don't know why he would. Because I because um, he's a true first and second down guy. It's just a theory, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to guess he gets elevated. You know, they're going to need to carry another guy. 
So, you know, we'll find out what they do. But that, I think, helps Gainwell more so than it does Boston Scott because I don't think Gainwell's role is going to change. Right, but it wouldn't make him a guy who's going to get 12 to 15 carries against this bad run defense. Or I would think he's going to get probably 12 to 15 touches. Okay. You know, so I would be shocked if he's less than eight carries per game, and then we'll see what he does in the passing game. And then what are we thinking? Great week from these guys? Are we, you know, are we starting them over the Cardinals running backs on Thursday? Are we starting nope. them over, say, Michael Carter against the Bengals? Yes, I'm starting game all over Carter and PPR. What about Edmonds and Connor? Um, I would start Gainwell over Edmonds and Connor, yes. All right, so they're starts. So Gainwell. Gainwell is a start as of right now, the way we're looking yeah, at it. Yeah, I mean, I just look at what his role has been in the passing game at times this season with Sanders healthy. Now you take Sanders off the field, and so he's going to get carries. I think he'll be involved in the passing game. Detroit stinks. And so, you know, there's a lot to like about him this week. Okay. Uh, all right, then. And uh, Lazard and Rashad Bateman. Uh, we got a lot there's more names. There's another receiver, too. Please say who I think you should be saying. Go ahead. Khalif Raymond. Jeez, what's what? Like, just give Kadarius Tony a little bit of love here. Come on. He's like 60. Yeah, but we don't know he's playing. That's the problem. Wait, but it's a long-term play. If you're going to say Bateman's on the list. Oh, if you're saying long-term, then sure. Yeah, i take him over. Yeah, he's ahead of Bateman if you're going to talk long-term. He is ahead, right? Okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, they got the Chiefs on Monday night. Who who were you saying, Dave? Who's the other? Oh, Khalif Raymond. I was saying Khalif Raymond, who's very unsexy, but he does have six catches in his last two games and has developed mostly a pretty good PPR floor. Small, fast receiver in Detroit who's getting a lot of work. Philadelphia's defense isn't isn't uh isn't easy to play against. I don't know if they try locking him down with Slay or at least shadowing him. They play a lot of zone coverage, but Again, I think the I think the Lions are going to be competitive in this game. It wouldn't surprise me if they won. And I think Raymond is part of the reason why they're able to at least move the chains over the last few weeks. Speaking of shadow coverage, did you think that was pass interference on DK Metcalf? Of course. It was, right? Yes. Never. He should have had one catch for what? Like nine yards or something nope. in that game? Nope. 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 <laughs> no, you were happy about that? A clear touchdown. Uh, no he- penalty whatsoever. He was really, I mean, I said last week, I think that, I think I said uh, Sean McVay was like a meanie pants or something to to Jared Goff. I think DK Metcalf was was pretty mean to Marshawn Lattimore yesterday. He just Well, Lattimore was pushing him around as well. It wasn't like it was one-sided. I feel like Metcalf kind of started it. Or he, he, Metcalf was brilliant. You know, he would do it during the play and, and keep baiting uh, ba- uh, Lattimore into penalties. He got a couple personal foul calls out, or at least one. Who Metcalf did? Yeah. Oh, I, I remember two on Lattimore. Okay. That's the thing. He got well. What's that? Yes, two. Lattimore did, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Metcalf didn't get called for any. That's what I'm saying. He got two he, out of he Lattimore. Drew by him. Right, he drew him. Okay. How much fab are we spending on the Eagles guys? Uh, again, you know, we're at the point of the season where it depends on what you need. So no more than 15% would be my guess. Um, you know, it just uh, kind of depends on your cir- circumstances and situation. But the fact that it's a low ankle sprain and he's not out for several weeks, you know, it's week to week. He may be back this week for all we know, you know, so just keep that in mind. It sounds like he's not going to be back this week. Right. Uh, but there's a chance. He, he, Sirianni initially said in the press conference on Monday that he'll be down and then he changed it for, to week to week. So it sounds like there's a really good chance he doesn't play this week against Detroit, which by the way, all this sucks for Miles Sanders, who just was, was looking yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Playing efficiently, got off to a great start in week seven, then gets hurt. 
I think what's tough about it in terms of Fab is you know, Miles Sanders. For him to come back, you know, he just he's been so banged up in his career so far, and then you've got these three matchups in a row that right now look amazing, and I feel confident that Detroit is going to be a great matchup. And I don't know about the Chargers; they've been horrible so far, but I think they're getting a little healthier now. But you got to think that's at least a good matchup. And then you got Denver, currently 13th against running backs, but we know they're falling apart. And they've been dreadful for three in a row, three games in a row. So if this were a situation where you had a true handcuff that you knew was going to get a lot of work, you might spend 50% of your fab, you know? But it's a Right. If there was one guy specifically, the fact that it's not clear. Right. Uh, But let's give Detroit a little credit. They just did a good job on Daryl Henderson. They did. Yeah, he he and the Ravens running backs are the only two that, that really didn't come through. Henderson dropped a touchdown pass, and it's not an easy play, but he did get targeted in the end zone. Our news and notes, Miles Sanders week to week, Zach Wilson, oh, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, right now, we're, we're hoping it's decent chance he's Everything back. sounds minor. Yeah. Uh, they said chest, chest contusion, Rich Passaccia said. Uh, NFL Network reported that he escaped a major injury. Um, it was weird because it came on his touchdown that he got hurt. And so, you know, hopefully he's fine. Uh, the fact that they have a week off, I, I think you're okay. But I'd still pick up Kenyon and Drake if you are if you have the ability to do so, just in case. And he's been playing him more lately since John Gruden's been let go. Zach Wilson out two to four weeks with a sprained PCL. Who's under center this week? Is it Mike White or is it Joe Flacco? Everything I've read suggests Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is bad for those Jets running backs. Yeah. Oh, man. I had a great stat on that. Uh, I have it. I'll get it. Three, two, Michael Carter. There. Oh, Mike White threw 32 passes against yeah. the Patriots. 14 of them went to Carter and Ty Johnson. Almost half his passes went to running backs. Not catches, just targets, but to running backs. And Flacco's track record is that he's he's a downfield thrower. So it's, it's actually much better news for Corey Davis. Like yesterday, I was ready to you know drop kick Corey Davis onto the waiver wire. Now, not so fast. Okay, Dak Prescott has a calf injury. We don't know if he's going to play. They seemed very optimistic, but right now, I'm sure you guys are ranking him, Dak? Yes. Yep. Okay. But I've got Dak in a ton of leagues. There's no way I'm dropping the guy I started in his place last week when he was on by. Matt Ryan. Some leagues it was Ryan. Some leagues it was Tua. Oh, you're just saying be cautious. One league it was Jacoby Brissett. Gotcha. You wouldn't drop Tua to pick up somebody else this week? Uh, I might, yeah. If, if I don't need Tua anymore, I would try and trade him first for whatever I could get. But uh, outside of that, yeah, trade. I'd drop Tua. Now we are moments away from talking about the best quarterbacks available this week. But Mahomes is, expe- is expected to play Monday. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start this week, but Trey Lance will practice. And if you missed the Monday show, we, we mentioned it. A very tepid endorsement of Jimmy Garoppolo by Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Terod Taylor is going to practice this week. Don't know if he'll play. He's 10% rostered. Was off to a good start. Has the Rams this week, though. Ryan Fitzpatrick, so this stinks. I was hoping Fitzpatrick would be back soon. He's going to have an MRI in two weeks, so he's out at least another two weeks. This is a pretty long-term injury for Fitzpatrick. You're hoping it for who? For McLaurin and for Fitzpatrick. You know, I think he's... I mean, McLaurin's been bad? He's had four bad games and three great games. I think he could be more consistent. Yeah, but I mean, the the games where he struggled, the matchups were tough. Except for the Chiefs. But I think he could be more than just a matchups guy with Fitzpatrick. Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Heineke's actually ruining McLaurin, though. Uh, I wouldn't say he's ruining him, but I think Fitzpatrick would be better. I mean, I, I know you loved that 
that connection going into the season, you know, with Fitzpatrick's yep. tendencies. Uh, DJ Chark is out for the season. And let's see, Baker Mayfield didn't practice yesterday. Nick Chubb did. Jack Conklin, their right tackle, did. Landry and Beckham have a shot to play this week against Pittsburgh. Detroit got a linebacker. Kenny Young from the Rams didn't give up much. No, Denver. Denver got a That's what linebacker. I meant. D-E-N is Denver, not D-E-T. There, Denver <laughs> got a linebacker. Yeah, they're so desperate for linebacker help, they're making trades now. Baltimore lost their starting right tackle with a high ankle sprain. That stinks. Uh, Michael Gallup designated to return from IR. And Will Fuller not expected to play this week. What's his roster? Michael Gallup's another good long-term play. Yeah. There are a lot of good long-term stashes at receiver. Yeah, the last time we saw Gallup there in 63% of leagues. He played a half, and he had a pretty solid game. Seven targets. Now, that was a game where Press got through a lot, but still. It's also before Dalton Schultz emerged, so just keep that in mind. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So let's get your top three at each position. Jamie, who are the top three quarterbacks this week? Uh, the top three quarterbacks, Carson Wentz would be one, you know, just looking at the way that he's played, taking on the Titans. The Titans are actually his worst game so far this season, but I still think you buy into what he's done four games or more with at least 20 fantasy points in a row, hopefully getting T.Y. Hilton back. Uh, I put Daniel Jones second, you know, just with the thought of chasing points. If he doesn't get intimidated by playing at Arrowhead, I think he'll be fine, especially if those guys come back. So, you, you, you know, the one thing with the Giants guys, you got to take in mind, Adam, if you're if you're putting in bids for them, um, they don't play until Thursday. So, you know, if you're trying to get Darius Slayton, I'm sorry, they don't practice until Thursday. Yeah. If you're trying to get Darius Slayton and Dante Pettis, and then you find out that those other guys come back, you know, that's the risk you run. Uh, maybe the same thing with Daniel Jones. If you're hoping those guys come back and then they don't practice, and so you might want to just consider that when looking at the quarterbacks. And then the third guy for me would be Winston. He gets the revenge game this week against Tampa Bay. Didn't play great against uh, Seattle with 18 fantasy points, but I think we'll see hopefully better better weather, uh, more of a shootout type of a game. Uh, and again, the hope is Michael Thomas comes back. But uh, the one guy that I think if you don't need a quarterback of this group, you might want to put first would be Deshaun Watson. Because if he does get cleared, if he does get traded and cleared, he's the biggest difference maker of the guys who are available. So it's all a matter, I think, of what you need. Okay, top three running backs, Dave. So that was just a recap. Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones, Jameis Winston, uh, Wentz against Tennessee, Jones at Kansas City, Winston against Tampa Bay, and then Deshaun Watson. Uh, we know that situation there. Trade deadline is approaching. It is November 2nd. We'll see if Watson's on the move before then. Still don't know if he'll be eligible to play or whatnot, but, you know, you can stash him. All right, Dave, running backs. Once you get to November 3rd, if Watson's still on the Texans, you can drop him. So really it's a short-term stash at worst. And it's probably worth the waiver claim at this point, in even in a 12-team league. Uh, the Eagles guys at running back are first up for me. It's Gainwell. It's Boston Scott. Gainwell available. 
54% of leagues. Boston Scott's available everywhere. And then I'm, I don't really have a third favorite running back. I'm open to anything. I've got Brandon Bolden third. It's PPR only. He's available in 93% of leagues. Looks like he's back in that passing downs role. He looked great last week, but it came against the Jets. I do think they're going to need him this week against the Chargers. But I'm not going to fight you if you'd rather stash Latavius Murray, who's available in 43% of leagues. And I've got a list of literally like 10 running backs that are stashable, headlined by Savan Ahmed at 97% available with Malcolm Brown heading toward IR. So I, I don't really think that there's a, a clear-cut third running back on this list. And Bolden, I don't know if this matters to you guys, but a little bit of a tough break here for Brandon Bolden. His next three opponents, the Chargers allow the fourth-fewest receiving yards to running backs, the Panthers allow the fewest, and the Browns allow the fifth-fewest. And right now, a lot of that is about just who they've played. So I don't know if they're actually that good against pass-catching running backs. For the, the Browns, for example, like I said, fifth-fewest, but Eckler had 53 yards and a touchdown. Javante Williams had 32 yards and a touchdown. That's in three weeks. But this week, the Chargers um, and then the Panthers, after that, they're, they're both top four in receiving yards per game allowed to running backs. It reminds me a little bit of J.D. McKissick last year. He had this good stretch, and then he was facing two or three opponents in a row that were great against pass-catching running backs, and McKissick stunk. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm not sure we have enough data yet. But th- does that draw you off of Brandon Bolden, Jamie? No, no. I, I think again, you're looking, you know, long term, and and he's not somebody that I'm picking up to start right away. He's somebody I'm picking up that if I'm stuck, I plug him in as a flex or number two running back. Certainly better in uh, in PPR and in maybe deeper leagues if you if you're hoping for it. We don't know exactly what's going to happen moving forward because. This was a great game for him. Uh, he he took advantage of the the Jets matchup. You know the the Patriots were clearly piling on against the Jets, so he was involved late in the game still. But was this more of a message to Ramondre Stevenson, like, hey, we don't need you for this game against the Jets. You're being punished for some poor pass protection. Does he come back in that role next week, which is the role that he had in Week Six, was basically as the pass catching guy, and they put Brandon Bolden more in special teams role. So um, I don't think it's a slam dunk, but based on what you've seen, three or four games without James White. He's been fairly successful in that in that role, at least for two of those games. Okay, and wide receiver. So I probably I should have mentioned this earlier. Jerry Judy, just do a scan in all your leagues. He's eighty-one percent rostered, something like that. If Jerry Judy's available, get him. <laughs> okay. Yes. So Jamie, top three wide receivers. I mean, the first one of those is Lazard because you can plug him, pick him up, and plug him in as a starter this week. You know, cer- certainly in three receiver leagues. So he would be my favorite one. Then after him, uh, I'll go back to Cole Beasley. You know, now that Dawson Knox is out, uh, maybe he gets an uptick in targets. Uh, we don't know how long Knox is going to be out, but Beasley three games this season, uh, or two of his last four at least, with 20 or more PPR points. Scored his first touchdown his last game uh, prior to the bye. So he would be second. And then third, if you need a receiver this week, I'll go Darius Slayton, you know, just with the matchup against the Chiefs, uh, with the target share that he had, uh, nine targets you know, against the Panthers. Um if the other guys are still out and there's no guarantee they're going to return, he would be third. Now, if you're looking long-term, my favorite long-term receiver to stash would probably still be T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, coming back from the injury, he's expected to play in week eight. Uh, saw a nice, uh, had a nice game in week six against the Texans. Uh, so if you're looking for just a long-term guy, uh, I would put him, if you want to put Tony ahead of him, I'm fine with that, but I'd put him second of the guys that are certainly under 50% rostered. Okay, yeah, and, and Hilton's more available than Tony. Uh, Dave, any names you wanted to add? So Jamie said Lazard, Cole Beasley, and Darius Slayton. 
I put Khalif Raymond in there. It's a one-week fix. I think the Lions are on bye in week number nine. But against Philadelphia, a guy that's gotten at least six catches each of the last two games, lots of targets, and does have deep speed. He is the type of receiver that can have a catch and run, get you a, a huge amount of fantasy points on one play or a deep ball on one play. I think that he's I think he's worth taking a chance on this week. Let me talk a little bit more about Alan Lazard here, or let you guys talk a little bit more about Lazard. 7% rostered. Does it matter to you that Arizona, they've been pretty good. I mean, they're 20th against wide receivers, which doesn't look great. But they faced the Titans in week you one. You choked up on that one. I did sorry what? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even notice. They faced the Titans in week one. They faced the Vikings in week two. They faced the Rams. So that's like really good competition. And none of those guys had even 70 yards. Jefferson, Thielen, you know, I don't have to go through the list. uh, Debo Samuel had 58 yards on nine targets. Brandon Cooks just had a terrible game, five catches for 21 yards. The guys who have done well have been like K.J. Osborne, Van Jefferson, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Odell Beckham. Uh, So Lazard fits. I guess so, but now not anymore. Uh, He's worse worse now. Um, I don't know, but... even though they are giving up some touchdowns to wide receivers, you know, this defense, they're the fewest points allowed in the NFL, tied with the Bills. So how much do you factor in the matchup with Lazard? And, and I guess, where do you have him ranked? I don't think it's a slam dunk that you're picking up Lazard as a must-start guy. But like I said, in a three-receiver league, you know, where you're trying to replace Devontae Adams, potentially, uh, he has uh, 11 targets in his last two games. He scored in each of the last two games. You're banking on Aaron Rodgers as much as you are Alan Lazard. And so... You know, I, I think he's he's worth the 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 chance of of what again maybe not just what he is this week but what he's becoming. And this was a guy that they had high hopes for over the last couple of seasons. So, you know, it's not just going to be Devontae Adams week in week out putting up numbers. There's going to be a second guy at some point that has some consistent production. And right now, Lazard is in the midst of that. So, I think long term there's some upside here, but short term he's a number three receiver. Okay, and then Dave, final question about wide receivers for now. Okay, Jamie talked about Darius Slayton being on his list. Now you've got Shepard 73% and you've got Tony and Galladay about 60%. And I think we all agree that at some point this year, they were, they were rostered in a lot more than that. You know, Galladay was obviously a, like a six round pick. Or he, would start, he was drafted in every league. Right, right. right. So for, to see Kenny Galladay 60% rostered is, is interesting. Um, but yeah, and you've got this game against the chiefs where we think this could be good for them. So, what do you do here? I mean, do you, do you just take a, do you take a shot on one of the better receivers that would definitely be ahead of Slayton if they were healthy, and then wait it out and see if Slayton's available later in the week, or or do you avoid it or what? Because there's so many moving parts here with the Giants. I think there's two categories that we have to put fantasy managers in for this. Number one, it's the fantasy manager that doesn't need a wide receiver or a flex this week. There's no by NATO, only two teams on by. Most people should be able to co- to come up with a full roster as is. Those people can easily gravitate toward Tony, Galladay, and and stash those guys. That should be the priority. You can put Bateman on that list. Um, yeah, those those would be the three that I would put on the list as far as stash-worthy wide receivers. Okay. But if you're a fantasy manager who does need a flex this week, your 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 roadmap is one of two ways. You either buy into Alan Lazard, or you buy into Khalif Raymond, or you buy into Darius Slayton or LaVisca Chenault, and you say, okay, I'm going after one of those guys. I know I can start them. I like them. They're going to be in my lineup. But you could also go the route of going after the stash guy first of a Kadarius Tony or a Galladay or a Bateman. Bateman, not so much. Take that one back. One of the Giants receivers, 
on the hope that they play in that matchup against Kansas City. And then if it comes to pass that they're not available for the game, we should probably have a good idea of that by Saturday. You either drop those guys or you drop somebody else. You go to your waiver wire and you pick up somebody like Russell Gage, Randall Cobb, Dante Pettis. It's not the same type of value as Lazard or Khalif Raymond, but it's a, it, there will be a guy there that you pick up. It's a little bit more of a risk that you take by doing that, but the upside play is that you've got Kadarius Tony or Kenny Galladay in your flex or your number three receiver this week. All right, Dave, why don't you give us the top tight ends this week? My top tight end is Tunyon. Say that 10 times fast. 62% <laughs> available, scored last week. Actually got deep on a couple of passes last week. So it's a difficult matchup. No question about it. Arizona, I do believe they are good at covering tight ends. But if Devontae Adams isn't there, there should be some target volume for him. Tunyon would be my favorite tight end to pick up and start this week. After that, there's Jared Cook, who's 45% rostered. He's taking on the Patriots. And then Pat Fryermuth. Of the Pittsburgh Steelers is my third favorite tight end. Last time we saw him play was the first game without Juju. Seven targets, seven catches, 58 yards, 60% of the snaps. And I think he does have a shot at having rest-of-season value, whereas Tunyon I don't think does. And Cook is one of those guys that does have rest-of-season value, but you feel really gross inside over it. Yes. So you don't want to trust it. Fryermuth is kind of interesting. And if he continues to get a lot of targets like he did in his last game, yeah, love to have him on my team. Frymuth is at Cleveland. Right? There's one other guy I need to throw out there because he's just above the threshold of 65%. He's 66% rostered. He's a guy who has played all but, I think, one snap over the last three weeks. He is Ricky Seals-Jones at yes. Denver. Would you rather have Ricky Seals-Jones or Robert yeah. Tunyon? Ricky. Okay, so Seals-Jones is basically number one then if he's available. Okay. Jamie DSTs. Bengals. Bengals are easy, number one. I put the 49ers, too, because Justin Fields stinks right now. Uh, Steelers, three, because I don't buy Case Keenum, and Steelers should be healthy coming off their bye week. And then the Falcons, four, because Sam Darnold stinks. Mm, man, a lot, of, a lot of stinky quarterbacks out there. Yeah, that's the goal. By the that's way, what happened in the middle of the year? I'm pretty sure Jamie has more Yankees gear than I do at this point. You were I just... mean, my son's played on the Yankees <laughs> baseball team for the last two years, so this is the coach's shirt they gave us. That's a pretty cool shirt. Did yeah. they make him cut his hair? <laughs> uh, no, he kind of before that. Okay. Okay. So Cincinnati, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and well, who was the last one? Oh, who's facing uh, the Falcons? Falcons. Okay. Uh, kickers, Jamie. Uh, Greg Zerline coming back from his bye week. He's at sixty-one percent roster. So there's the cheat code. Um, Evan McPherson taking on the Jets. He's at twenty-one percent. Uh, Greg Joseph against the Cowboys and Randy Bullock against the Colts. Yeah, my wife celebrating a big fantasy football win last night. She won by like 100 points. Wow. Uh, was, you cheated for her really well this time. Yeah, huh? Was very <laughs> excited to pick up Tyler Bass uh, this morning. So, you know, let me see. Let's see if Tyler Bass is like, I'm going to guess 93%. So she, she picked him up herself? I haven't done a thing for her. I help her a little bit. Oh, he's 77% roster. All right, Tyler Bass. Waiver wire priority. I was really surprised at that. What do you think the Bills DST roster percentages? I already know 93 93%. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's I, I must have known that because that's what I guessed for Bass. Uh, that must have been on the brain. Yeah, Bills get the Dolphins, then the Jaguars, then the Jets. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty sweet. Next three games. Um, okay, yeah, Tyler Bass, number one kicker, at least per game. So, not yeah, take a look. See if he's there. Uh, Dave, do we have IDP? Or are we doing that later? I got some IDPs for you, Adam. You down with IDP? Um, Marcus, yeah, you know me. Marcus Golden at linebacker, 13-plus 
fantasy points. Each of his last two games should be out there in a ton of leagues. Uh, Anthony Everett. Everett. Now he's on bye. You're not going to pick him up. Yeah. Never mind. Nick Bolton, linebacker with Kansas City. He's given you some decent production last week. He was really, really good. And uh, one more, one more. Eric, no. Another linebacker. Eric. Akeem Davis Gaither. Who? Who? Akeem Davis Gaither, Cincinnati. Okay. And okay. he's got the Jets this week, so that should that should work out for him quite a bit. You know, I want to see. It's not going to work this week because Darius Leonard. Um, if you could pick up linebackers facing the Titans, since Derrick Henry, he twenty eight carries a game probably in his last five or six games, uh, because I was just looking at Bobby Wagner's game log and he had something like fifteen tackles against the sure. against the. Uh, Titans. So I don't that know, could be why Bolton had twelve fantasy points last week. That's got to be it. He, he's still not bad otherwise. Yeah, uh, so sixteen tackles against the Titans for Bobby Wagner. So yeah, I, I mean we you know we talk about matchups for everything else. How about linebackers against the Tennessee Titans? Just pile up those tackles. You can see if Bobby. Oh, how does he pronounce his last name now? Okereke. I know you're talking about, but I don't know. Yeah, not Darius Leonard. The linebacker for the Colts, who's not Darius Leonard. Okay. So let's talk about last night's game. 13-10. And you did have Andrews Pete for the Saints. They finally got healthy on their line. They got Armstead and McCoy back, and then Andrews Pete left their starting left guard with an injury, shoulder injury in the first half. Um, Any major takeaways, Jamie, from this game? 13-10, New Orleans. Uh, You know, the backfield for Seattle. Well, the offense for Seattle is a mess. Um, with Geno Smith and DK Metcalf was lucky that he did not get penalized for the touchdown because otherwise it would have been a miserable night for him. Um, I was glad that the prop I had on Tyler Lockett hit because I had under two and under three and a half catches uh, at plus 110. So that was good to see that with two catches. He's been miserable for two games with Geno Smith. Uh, we'll see how he does against Jacksonville. We'll see how Metcalf does against Jacksonville. Uh, I would not be surprised if we find out that Seattle brings in a quarterback, maybe Cam Newton, because it's just it's bad right now. Um, and then the run game's a mess too. You know, you bring Rashad Penny back in the mix. Now Collins had a, a, a rough night also. So are they going to give Penny more work moving forward? You know, that's something you got to keep an eye on for Alice Collins. He did lead them in carries with 16, but still, uh, not, not, it's just, it's just bad, bad across the board for Seattle right now. And then for New Orleans, I mean, look, it's Alvin Kamara or nothing. Uh, hopefully Michael Thomas returns. Traquan Smith was clearly not on the same page with James Winston. My gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, there, there's there's reason for optimism there if you're looking at somebody in deeper league because he'll get some opportunities. Um, and you you know, if if Thomas is activated this week, you're dropping Marcus Callaway. You know, it's a shame because Callaway, the finally they've thrown the ball a little bit the last two weeks, thirty pass attempts two weeks ago, or before, you know before the bye, and thirty five last night. And Callaway has fifteen targets in those two games, but he hasn't really you know other than a hail mary catch, he hasn't really come through. Right. He scored twice against Washington, so he give did. him credit for the second touchdown. Yeah, I guess I meant in terms of yards. Yeah, but but at least he's getting targets that we thought he he would get if they had a normal offense for their first four games. And he had I don't know the the length of the reception, but he had a, a long catch called back from holding. Yeah. Uh. So and then you got Collins is seventy eight percent rostered. So what does that mean in terms of waiver wire if he's available in a ten team league, or what does that mean in terms of dropping him for somebody else? Would you drop? Alex Collins for a rental on Kenneth Gainwell. If I, I needed know. a starter this week, yes. Uh, but again, they're playing Jacksonville. So hopefully right. things, 
you know, improve for him. I just don't want to trust anybody for Seattle right now with Geno Smith and the way this offense looks. I'll still start Metcalf against Jacksonville because of what his upside is, as you saw. But I, I have no faith in Collins. I have no faith that Penny's not going to get a bigger workload after, you know, shaking off the rust. So it, it would be hands off. So, yes, if I if I see Kenneth Gainwell available and Collins at the end of my roster, I dropped him in a couple of leagues because I had to. Uh, but I'm not in a rush to pick him back up. Penny had two second-half carries. I think they kind of decided in the first half that he wasn't getting anything going. Collins had 11 second-half carries. That means something to me. The matchup against Jacksonville means something to me. I will be a little bit more optimistic about Alex Collins. Remember, they played the Saints. We knew that Great the Saints were going to have a tough run defense to begin with in the game. The Saints, by far, are, are allowing the fewest yards per carry to running backs, 2.77. Next best is Washington at 3.45. That is huge. That is like incredibly good. But fifth best in the NFL, better than the Bucks, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 3.66 yards per carry to running backs. They do give up a ton of touchdowns, though. Uh, I think the most touchdowns per game. No, the Jets give up the most rushing touchdowns per game to running backs. The Jaguars and Chargers are second. Uh, okay, and I got, uh, got a slightly heated with Chris on the show yesterday. We were debating Debo Samuel's rest of season value, and I said I'd rather have DK Metcalf than Debo Samuel. What say you? Uh, I'd rather have Samuel right now. I'm, the whole thing for me was I was just, I'm terrified of Trey Lance taking over. Mm-hmm. Is he going to take over? I don't know. After what Shanahan said about Garoppolo, you know, he was like, I, I guess he's going to be our starter or something like that. Um, he said, I would guess so. I would guess so. It's Which not, is him saying Trey Lance probably isn't ready. Right. It's not going to take and, much, and I, I don't think that's going to be good for Debo Samuel. And if Wilson were healthy, it would be an easy call for me, But and maybe sure. Wilson's back in two weeks. If, so put it this way. We're we're at week eight right now. If we're going on uh, Jason Lockenfora's report of week 11 for, for Russ, so week 11 on. DK Metcalf is better. Yeah. But the next three weeks, I don't know if Trey Lance takes over for for Garoppolo yet. And their schedule's brutal. Mm-hmm. They're uh, actually tied in non-PPR on the trade chart. And uh, Debo's a little bit higher, full PPR. Okay. All right, then. Let's go to the drop-o-meter. Who are we dropping this week? Tyler Boyd, 0 to 10. 10 and 9. 10 and non-PPR, 8 and PPR. 7 and PPR. Ramondre Stevenson. 10. He's an, I, there are a lot of, like I said, there are a lot of stash running backs that I like. He's on the list, but he's toward the bottom of the list. I have no problem if you drop him. Ryan Tannehill just scored 20 points against the Chiefs, gets the Colts this week. Tannehill, 94% rostered. Six. You can drop him. Tannehill? Yeah. Zero. Why? Why? Yeah. I think he's just going to start to get going at this point. Okay. Colts are really bad in the secondary. Yeah, the Colts stink. Uh, AJ Dillon, zero. I don't want to drop him, but that's that's somebody that I would drop for Gainwell, or if I'm really in a pinch for Boston Scott. Allen Robinson with the trade deadline right. looming. No, hold on, trade deadline looming. Should right. we just wait? They're not trading him. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, Brandon Ayuk. I guess I shouldn't say that. They could trade him, but why would they trade him at three and four? Oh, because their their schedule, I mean, they're going to be... It sends the wrong message. Matt Nagy might as well pack his bags. Okay, he's, so he's gone. Like, they're, 
that they are going to be horrible I guess if, if they, the rest of the season. If they are horrible. If they get the right offer, I'm sure they wouldn't turn it down. But who's giving them an offer that they're going to say like, oh, this is worth giving up, you know, what still is our number one receiver? Right. I, I guess they it's would, not. They, they, they might say yes to a second round pick. It's no not really offering. right for fields if you trade Robinson, but they are three and four. Yes, but I said this like two weeks ago. They had such a gauntlet coming up. I'm not sure. Oh, we win. know they're going to stink, but yeah. Pace and Nagy can't view it that way. All right. All right. Brandon Ayuk. Ten. Ayuk is very droppable. And this one was interesting. Jamie had him on the potential drop list. Mike Davis coming off a four-carry game. Uh, Mike Davis, zero to ten. He's a five. Yeah, the way that I wrote it was, you know, you don't have to drop him. But uh, so when we do overreaction Monday and I, I, I sent out the list of guys that we're talking about, somebody replied to me. It was like one of the first replies when I said Mike Davis, uh, you know, overreacting to him. Um, you should rage drop him right now. <laughs> <laughs> people do that. You know, people get so bad. Uh, the amount of people he actually said when I, when I brought that up to him on the show, he goes, he goes, I've never done that before, but I would do it for Mike Davis. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all signs point to point to drop, but I guess. But look, we've seen situations where we think a guy's not involved, and the next week they surprise us. Maybe you want to wait one more week. Would you drop him for Kenneth Gainwell, Mike Davis for Gainwell? If so, just based on what Dave said, if my choices right now are Mike Davis and AJ Dillon, I'm dropping Mike Davis. I'd rather have what AJ Dillon could become as opposed to what Mike Davis is. I agree with that. The one thing I would add, though, is that Davis still played 60% of the snaps last week. It was a season low for him. And Cordero Patterson's doing this amazing work, and we love it, but he's 30 years old. He's one injury away, and now it's Mike Davis back on the field. And he carries more value in PPR than non-PPR. He's probably like a nine in non-PPR as far as drops. It's funny you say that because he had no catches last week. I know. No targets. His role changed coming out of the bye, and I was afraid of that. I had him ranked as low as I possibly could rank him. Yeah, but, Patterson uh, only had what two? Catches. All it takes is Patterson to screw up, Patterson to, you know, get hurt, and Mike Davis is back in there. Uh, yes, I think unless or Wayne Gallman gets Gallman. Yeah. All right. That's uh, that'll Gallman do could it. get in there. It's possible. All right, let's talk about the waiver wire here. By the way, Cordell Patterson, one of the only starting running backs older than Mike Davis. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> waiver wire quarterbacks. We've got an interesting list. First of all, Kirk Cousins and Tua. You can see if they're available. Yep. It, do you hold on to Tua? He's got Buffalo this week, then Houston, then Baltimore, then the Jets. So, like, up and down schedule. Do you hold on to Tua? If you're looking ahead to week nine, then you hold on to Tua. If you're looking to make a move for week eight, then it's easy to drop him because he's not going to play well against Buffalo. But if there's a trade coming, you know, he ends up going to a team that needs a quarterback. Maybe it's Houston. Maybe there's the three-team deal that we heard reported that he goes to Washington or Denver. Um, it's not it's not a bad idea to stash him, but you're, you can't start him against the Bills. Okay, if you have Tom Brady, he's on bye in Week 9, along with Goff, Geno Smith, and Taylor Heineke. But if you have Tom Brady <laughs> and you want and you want uh, Tua Tungabailoa for a matchup against Houston... Yes, you hold him there. You can hang on. Hold on for one more day. And the ads. Carson Wentz facing the Titans. Daniel Jones. How about this for the Chiefs? They have allowed 47 or more rushing yards to three quarterbacks. Now those quarterbacks can run. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. But so can Daniel Jones. He's I think he's fourth among quarterbacks in rushing yards, something like that. 
And the Chiefs have also allowed four rushing touchdowns to quarterbacks this year. So That's so weird that Heineke didn't run against them. Yeah, it is weird. Heineke, man. What do you have, 90 yards? 95. 95 yards. He corrected that the week after. Uh, Jameis Winston facing Tampa Bay. Jamie mentioned it, a little revenge. Tampa Bay's been much better the last two weeks against yep. Hurts and Fields, but they were awful before that. You got Heineke. Oh, you know what? I want to throw a little love here to, to Bridgewater. Yes, please. Okay, Bridgewater is facing Heineke and Washington. Washington gives up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. And Bridgewater, you know, was having a solid season. wasn't great last week, but was solid before that. And now he's getting Jerry Judy back. Yay! So is there actually kind of a long-term play here? Because it's Washington, and then it's at Dallas the next week. Uh, what, what do you guys think about Bridgewater? I don't know if it's a long-term play because there's always the chance that he could get benched for Drew Locke. In fact, I, it, do we know for sure that he's starting this week right. against Washington? I'm not sure if he, that's been made clear. I would hope that that's the case, but we'll see. But assuming that he's the starter and assuming that Jerry Judy's back, he's my second favorite quarterback on this list. That matchup is good. He kept the streak intact too, by the way. Every game, 34 or more pass attempts. He's been 22 or more fantasy points. He was at 33 attempts last week. Yeah, his only Keith bad. Would love that set. Well, he did have a bit. Way to know. Say that again. Every game this season where he's been 34 or more pass attempts, he scored at least 22 fantasy. Oh, points. and he only had 33 last week. And he had 33 last <laughs> week. And 17 fantasy points. All right. So, would you guys rather start Heineke or Bridgewater this week? Bridgewater, assuming he's starting and assuming that Judy is there. Um. Yeah, I agree with that. If Bridgewater is not starting. Would you rather start Bridgewater? Then I do not want to start. Okay, then okay, good, good idea. Tarad Taylor, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, right, how about this? Who's a quarterback? Maybe it's one of the rookies, right? Maybe it's Lawrence or Fields or Lance that you think not could, Fields or Lance. Whatever the question is, unless it's dropping him. Well, Lance is rushing for for eighty yards a game because he had like forty yards and a half, and then he had eighty yards in the next game. So the question is: Is there a quarterback out there that you think has mega? Second half potential that's worth stashing. I mean, the schedule for San Francisco is just so brutal. I think they're clinging to hope that they're still going to be in playoff contention. So I don't see it for Lance anytime soon. Okay. I think he goes if if Garoppolo doesn't turn it around against Chicago, they'll find a way to get Trey Lance on the field and uh try and get him going. And if he's playing, you love those rushing yards. If you're in two QB leagues. You can look at Case Keenum. You can look at Joe Flacco or Mike White. Ben Roethlisberger, guys. What about no him? love for Big Ben against Cleveland. They gave up 33 fantasy points two of the last three games. They were against better quarterbacks than Roethlisberger. But I bet Roethlisberger can find 20 fantasy points. If he looks in his past, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he could. He could. Uh, I'm not calling for 30, just 20. Two QB leagues, if you want to pick up maybe P.J. Walker. It's not going to take much for... Running backs, what a week. Well, Michael Carter, 78% rostered, and Alex Collins is 78% rostered. Who's better? Who would you rather have, Carter or Collins? Carter. I'm assuming you're not too excited about Carter this week against the Bengals. Um, No, he's a flex. Okay, so the next three matchups for Carter are against top 10 defenses against running backs. It's Cincinnati, Indianapolis. They're not really that great. Uh, and Buffalo. After that, though, 
five of his next six games. So this is second half, maybe kind of matchups thing. Five of, of the six games starting four weeks from now are against teams that currently rank 25th or worse against running backs. Carter will get the Dolphins, the Texans, Eagles, Saints, Dolphins, Jaguars in a six-week stretch. Could be really good for him. Take a look to see if Alexander Madison's available, Kenyon Drake, and then you got Gainwell in Boston. I don't know how much more we need to get into this. Gainwell, Boston, Scott, Brandon Bolden. Just rewind to um, what we said, the top priorities at each position, I don't know, about a half hour ago. And J.J. Taylor. It's Taylor and P. Ryan. They had big games last week. It was garbage time for them. Dave, you want to talk about the running backs that you want to stash? Sure. And P. Ryan's on that list. And this is more about a combination of running backs who might eventually be something and running backs who will only be something if the guy in front of them gets hurt. And you'll probably be able to figure out which is which on the list. But Savan Ahmed, 97% available. Malcolm Brown's out. Miles Gaskin looked good last week, but I don't think he's pieced together two good games in a row yet this year, so we'll see what happens this week. Um, Drake is on the list. Sony Michelle is on the list. We've talked a lot about Sony Michelle and what his upside is if Daryl Henderson gets hurt. Adam, you've talked about how Henderson gets hurt all the time. Michelle is a great stash. Pirine, if I've got Joe Mixon, I want Samaje Pirine on my bench. We're at the midpoint of the fantasy season. Now's the best time to just do it. Uh, Jarrett Patterson with Antonio Gibson, not at 100%. I think that's pretty clear. Patterson could eventually get in there. If Fournette is your guy and you're leaning on Fournette all the time, Ronald Jones, assuming he's not traded, would be somebody who I would want to have on the bench just in case of an emergency. Uh, I think eventually Tyson Williams will have a chance to play. Maybe there's something there with Rashad Penny. Maybe there's something there with Ramondre Stevenson and Jeremy McNichols, last name, Mm. just in case... Somehow, some way, Derrick Henry misses a game. I don't know. Stop! How just that could just stop! 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 Yeah, yeah I go Darrington Evans. He came back last week and he took over the second role. Okay. Yeah, it'll be a split if it. It'll right. be a split. I think McNichols is the the heavy guy who would work at the goal line. Yeah, he was more of their passing downs guy. So I would think they go back to Evans, who I think they were counting on to be their number two guy. But we'll see. Hopefully, it never ever ever comes. Yes. Back. Right. Uh, by the way, I think worth noting. Said it on yesterday's show, but worth noting again. Miles Gaskin with Malcolm Brown on IR. Gaskin was in in goal to go situations yesterday or Sunday, so mm-hmm. I, this is actually I think a pretty big deal for him. Yep. Uh, with uh, I just wish he wasn't playing Buffalo this week. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and what'd you say? He can pick up some catches yeah, against probably Buffalo. wide receivers. The three that are in the check to see if available list are Jerry Judy, Sterling Shepard, and Hunter Renfro. Renfro on a bye. Shepard's still injured, but he gets Kansas City. And I guess since we've spent enough time talking about this Kansas City matchup, it's worth noting that in their last three games, they held Stephon Diggs to two catches for 69 yards, Terry McLaurin to four catches for 28 yards, and Julio Jones to two catches for 38 yards, while A.J. Brown had a massive game. But I don't know if that matters to you. (laughs) Keenan Allen also had 50 yards against them. He did have a touchdown, but maybe they're getting a little better against wide receivers. I don't know. Just thought it was worth mentioning. You got Lazard. Jamie likes Cole Beasley this week without Dawson Knox, and Dolphins have been struggling against slot receivers lately, like Jamal Agnew and Russell Gage. Uh, Slayton, pending that situation. Dante Pettis, same thing. LaVisca Chanel, let's talk about him. Facing the Seahawks this week. He did have 10 targets last week. The week before that, he had 99 yards. Uh, am I, do I have that right? 
No, it was no, the, no, no, no. so two of three games without DJ Chark. It was the game he got hurt was against Cincinnati, which was three games ago for them. And he had 99 yards in that game. Then he had the disappointing game the next week, which was the game uh, we were yes. all hoping that he would step up. And then against Miami, he had the 10 targets. Um, so two games without DJ Chark on the field, he's been good. Uh, so we'll see what happens in this matchup against Seattle. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. I got out of order there. So Chenault's 56% rostered. So is he more of a long-term stash or someone you want to start this week? Both. Okay. And then, would you rather pick up Gallup or Chenault? Uh, Chanel, because I can use him right now. Fair. Bateman to stash. Russell Gage or Khalif Raymond? Who would you guys pick up? Raymond. Raymond. And Raymond's not just the last two weeks. He had two games uh, earlier in the season where he was doing well, and then it was the two games from Monroe St. Brown. So he's he's been you know a, a part of this offense for the majority of the season. It's just the last game we saw his number spike. So you know hopefully he continues to be involved. But I think it's 15 targets the last two weeks. Had the hundred yard game, two two six game catches in a row, two games with six catches in a row, and uh, you know he's he's becoming you know a significant piece of this offense. So they need help. They definitely need help. Could also look at Ty Hilton. Jamie's got Van Jefferson at the bottom of the list. I wonder if he's you know somebody you put in the handcuff category because what happens if something goes wrong with Cooper Cup or Robert Woods? You know he's had three games this season with at least uh, I think twelve PPR points or four yep. maybe it's fourteen. Um, so he'll have some of these moments every now and then. But, you know, God forbid we lose one of the top two Rams guys, then he can be really, really big player. And let's go to the tight ends here. We've got Ricky Seals-Jones. Does it matter to you that the Broncos are sixth best against tight ends and have not allowed a touchdown to a tight end yet? I don't think he's a great play in non-PPR, but in PPR it's hard to get away from 11 or more points in two games. He does not come off the field. Okay, then you've got... You now you got Diami Brown hurt on top of Curtis Samuel being hurt. So Yeah, you got yeah just make sure Logan Uzo. Thomas doesn't come back. That he's week to week, he said. Logan Thomas. What's up? Uh, they addressed it yesterday. He's week to week. Okay, good. So it doesn't seem likely. CJ Uzama, 44% rostered. Only one game with more than three targets facing the Jets. They are really bad. Um, well, you know... The last, it's basically just been pits. Henry did have a touchdown. Um, well, didn't didn't John Smith have what fifty yards in the first half? He, I guess he had a decent. I don't think he had that much. Forty yards, maybe forty-two yards. Because I think Kyle Pitts is the only. I have it as Kyle Pitts is the only tight end with more than forty-two yards. Am I wrong on that? Maybe I'll check right now. Maybe but John Smith had two fifty-two. Fifty-two. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, look, the Jets suck. I'm forget it. So. <laughs> but Uzama, okay, this tight end list is why people hate tight ends. Because you are asking people to add CJ Uzama, Pat Fryermuth, Jared Cook, Dan Arnold, Mo Ali Cox, Tyler Conklin, Cole Komet. So, and Tunyon. And Robert Tunyon, right. Robert Tunyon. So, okay, so Seals Jones one, Tunyon two, or who's two? I, that's what Dave said earlier. Who's two for you, Jamie, behind Ricky Seals Jones? Uh, so in PPR, Fryermuth would be one. Oh, Seals Jones would be would be one. Fryermuth would be two. In non PPR, uh, Uzama would be one. Um, Tanya would be two. Okay. Okay. Anything else to say? How about Dan Arnold? Um, nope. Arnold's interesting because Seattle stinks against tight ends. They do. Yeah. And Mo, if, Mo if Jameis, 
if Jameis, as if you watch the Manning cast, as they clearly pointed out at the end of the game, if Jameis steps back as opposed to stepping forward on their last drive, he has Juwan Johnson for a walk-in touchdown. They had a tight end screen set up to the left. I thought Peyton Manning was going to throw something at the TV. He was so mad. <laughs> and then Drew Brees was like, you, you just got to negotiate the pocket a little bit differently. He, he walked right into, into a sack. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Jameis. Uh, what do you think about Moali Cox on a little bit of a roll here? Basically. Another good non-PPR tight end, you know, finding the end zone. It's just, that's what these guys are. They're touchdown or bust. They're not going to get a lot of targets. Uh, you know, Tennessee, given credit, they did a good job against Travis Kelsey last week, but I don't buy this defense. So um, I think Ali Cox has a chance to score again. The problem with Cox is that he's not a full-time player. He's run 20 or fewer pass routes every game this year. So all this great stuff he's doing for Indianapolis and the Colts aren't changing his role that much. His last name is Ali Cox, okay? Like, say the man's name, Dave. And Tyler Conklin, again, great matchup against Dallas. And Cole Komet also on this list. So, okay, I think we've pretty much set it up for you. Go ahead, have fun with tight ends. Evan, any interest in Evan Ingram? Uh, 10 PPR points last week. You love uh, holding on to that rope. No, oh, I am the lowest on Ingram, but the Chiefs... Dude, the chi- what did I say? I said, oh, Anthony Ferkser, right? I was joking around on Friday, and it ended up being yeah. Pruitt with the touchdown. A tight end has 57 yards or a touchdown in six of seven games against the Chiefs. They might be the worst against tight ends. That They are that bad. Maybe. Let's see who's in for the Giants. Maybe Ingram. Right, that's what matters. If, if it's still no Galladay and no Tony, I would look at Ingram as a low-floor PPR tight end. Didn't Kyle Rudolph almost score? Yes, right, he did. PPR tight end. Kyle Rudolph had a touchdown called back. Uh, he stepped out. He stepped. He stepped out. He had it over. Yeah, it was called a touchdown, and then he stepped out of bounds at the one. Um. Oh, but that wasn't against the Chiefs. That was last week against. Uh, yeah, that was last week. Carolina. Yep, yep, yep. Robert Tunyon. Uh, we like OJ Howard. That's the guy I was going to bring up. OJ Howard. Gronk might play this week. All right, good. Let's give him a Gronking. And Saints have a lot of touchdown to a tight end this year. <laughs> would you handcuff? Darren Waller with uh, Foster Moreau. Not now. You can. Yeah, they said he should be fine. Okay. DSTs. We like the Bengals, the Niners, the Steelers, and the Falcons. Bengals. Look, if you don't need anyone, make you can make the Bengals your top priority. Hundred percent. Patriots had a huge game last week uh, against the Jets. They're good. It's a good defense. The Bengals. Yeah. Seriously. And kickers: Zerline, McPherson, Greg Joseph, and Randy Bullock. Good show, guys. We're out of here. We'll see you tonight, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here to talk about the waiver wire on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. For Dave and Jamie and Shraggy B, I'm Adam. Talk to you tomorrow. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.